Welcome to The Reload, where we help unconventional leaders craft the life they truly want by questioning the assumptions they have about how life works. My name is Sean, and I'll be your host on this journey. As a performance coach and special operations combat veteran, I help high-performing executives kick ass in their careers while connecting with deeply powerful insights that fuel their lives. All right, today is going to be lightning fast. So I was recently reminded of the spirit of competition by one of my Muay Thai coaches, uh, or Thai kickboxing, if you don't know what Muay Thai is. And I know that this is uh, sandwiched in with the lessons from Jiu-Jitsu series, but hopefully you'll let this one slide. And before I begin, you know, these lessons are not just the product of the Jiu-Jitsu slash Muay Thai slash combat sports environment. There are any number of environments where these lessons come forward, but I thought it would be an interesting way to present some of these principles and concepts and to try to see how do we apply them to the business world? How do we apply them to our lives so that we can make both better? Now, what I'm reflecting on today is something that one of the coaches said after class or you know, at the end of class, and he was addressing the class and he said, look, the reason I'm so hard on you is because I want you to be as good as possible because one day you are going to be my training partner. And that struck me for a couple different reasons. And I want to talk about them in an interwoven fashion. The first part that struck me is kind of the obvious, right? This idea that, well, he's being, the coach is being hard on us because he wants us to achieve our personal best. He wants us to achieve our potential. And as it relates to, you know, competing when you have somebody's brand uh, on your back, then you're representing that brand. So there's there's a certain amount of like school pride in that, company pride, if you will. And so there's that component. But when he said, you're going to be my training partner, there were a couple elements in there around how is it that we make him better by us being better? And this notion of how healthy competition raises the standard. And then also this component of taking care of each other. And this is where I think combat sports really does brings an interesting wrinkle to the scenario. Because in combat sports, you if you are not skilled, you will hurt your training partner. One of my jujitsu coaches, she likes to say, we don't break our toys in jujitsu. When in fact, we actually sometimes do break our toys, right? I've had a meniscus tear. I've had other injuries. And some of those injuries, well, I would say one of those injuries was somebody being flagrant. But most of the injuries have been unintentional. They've been unintentional because either I or my training partner didn't know how to keep me safe because we didn't have enough skills. We didn't know what we didn't know. We were ignorant of, oh, you know, if we come at each other in a certain way with a certain amount of velocity and, and inertia, then poof, uh, Sean is going to end up messed up. And so part of the learning curve has been to understand, oh, this is about to go to a bad spot. We need to slow it down. We need to ease things up or we just stop entirely and we reset. Now, this added piece, right? I think the first two elements 
are relatively self-explanatory. Where is it that we push ourselves to really get better, to achieve our full potential? And how does that create healthy competition? Or how do we look for healthy competition? Can we engage in creating healthy competition if we're the team leader? And what are the structures that we set up? So obviously bonuses, especially if the bonuses are limited and they only go to a select number of individuals, oftentimes in sales organizations, it's only the top salespeople that are going to get the best bonus. And I'm not trying to make this episode an episode of like comp structuring, but I'm just trying to get our wheels turning here in terms of thinking about, okay, yeah, if I am the team leader and I'm trying to set up a system or a process or a culture that is about high standards and that also involves colleagues helping each other into higher standards. How do I make sure that that culture doesn't just run away and then all of a sudden gets transformed into something that is unhealthy, something that becomes backstabbing, something that is less than virtuous, and that ultimately becomes self-destructive, right? So you have to be very careful about the incentives that you put in place because people will typically be, be, uh, perform excuse me, to their incentives. And so there's an element of, okay, where is it that we have some concrete incentive in the form of a cash bonus, for instance? But then also, where is it that we inject the pathway of of mastery. You know, if you look at some of the world's best masters, whether it's art or music or politics or business, sure, there is a financial component in that, but there's also something much deeper. And in sports, they often refer to it as the love of the game. And how do we inspire that in the people that report to us? Or how do we suggest that if we are simply a team member? How do we suggest that, oh, wow, would this lead to a higher standard amongst us, a more virtuous higher standard and not just something that's cutthroat? And then on top of that, how do we also then get to a place where we infuse the team, even though we are seeking to push each other and improve each other's performance and hold each other to high standards, which can be tough because if I hold you to a high standard, then chances are you're going to turn around and hold me to a high standard. And oh, man. <laughs> uh, right? Like, if you think about how meetings never start on time and it's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Well, what if it wasn't? What if the leader of the team said, no, they are starting at 8 a.m. sharp, period, end of story? Well, then the leader has to show up before 8 a.m. sharp to make sure that their ass is in the chair or in the room at 8 a.m. sharp, right? And so there's this element of holding each other to high standards, but then on top of that, how do we do this extra hard thing about caring for each other and making sure that the competition is an element of mutual care? I want you to be at your best, not just so that you can achieve your full potential, but also so that you can help take care of me. Because here's the funny thing. Yes, we can have high standards, but there will be a time, invariably, where 
we will fall down on our own standard. And how do we have a certain amount of grace, for instance, the 8 a.m. start time of the meeting? Well, what if, I don't know, what if some meteor hits your car <laughs> and knocks all the wheels off your car? I mean, that's absurd, obviously, but all I'm trying to do is that point out that there are times when the universe presents us with certain circumstances that truly are beyond our control. And it's not that we're saying that it will never happen that we are late, but how do we hold ourselves accountable to maintaining a certain standard as the status quo, and then simultaneously have some compassion for when somebody has a completely unforeseen circumstance or uh, emergency that occurs. Part of it, I think, is where it is that leaders influence. Yes, I said influence. And also lead by example toward caring for each other. And we don't do enough conversation. We don't have enough conversation around why it is that I might be bringing a challenge. Why it is that I might compete with you. And in the face of not expressing our, our intention, then the parties around us are left to speculate. Well, is he trying to one-up me because he's a dick or he wants to make me look bad? Or is he trying to play his best game, quote-unquote, because he or, or she, they, want to show up at their best? And where am I potentially not playing to my best possible level? So there are these elements in here where I think if we are more intentional as leaders, then we can create a system or a culture, better said, where we do strive to compete. And we talk about openly what it means to have healthy competition, not just once, but periodically, because people forget, and that is a critical element in any relationship. And I have to remind myself of this constantly. And luckily, given the work that I do, I'm given living examples as reminders every week. How is it that we continue to have this conversation as a living, breathing part of our dialogue so that we remember, oh yeah, we're competing not to turn into a bunch of assholes who stab each other in the back, but we're competing in order to drive ourselves individually, collectively, and relationally to the best level that we can perform so that we're all better and that we're also then able to take care of each other better. So I will leave it to you to figure out what the mechanics of that look like, but hopefully this starts a little bit of a chain reaction in terms of getting you to think about, yeah, how would I do that? What are some of the questions that I would have to answer? Who would I want to talk to in order to help bring this into greater focus? And speaking of talking to other people, I would absolutely love it if you would talk to them about this show, assuming you think it's worthwhile. If you have gotten stuff out of this show, subscribe. Like, follow, share, whatever. Or don't. It's totally up to you.
But until next time, take care of each other.